Hey everyone, I'm Joanna, yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki master, sound healing practitioner, and sacred cacao facilitator. You're listening to the Vibrational Shift podcast, dedicated to people looking to reconnect with themselves. Together, we'll explore different energy healing modalities, meditations, breath work, sound healing, and so much more. Are you ready to experience a vibrational shift with me? Welcome to the Vibrational Shift Podcast. It is me, Joanna, your host. I cannot believe that the end of season two is finally here. I'm taking a short break as I ramp up to start the interviews for season three. So keep an eye out. You'll hear more about what is in store for the next batch of conversations from soul to soul with different practitioners from across the country. I cannot wait to get those out to you and get those underway. It's going to be a fabulous journey to hear about all of the different shifts that these people are bringing to you all for you all to hear their experiences and then to guide you through practices that have been a key part of their transformational process. All right, so in other news, some of you that are on my email list already know this because you've been hearing about it for weeks and I've also mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast in the last month or so. But the Sacred Self Love course is officially open. I'm now taking applications for folks that want to be included in the program. It's an eight-week immersive journey. If there's one thing that you need to know about the hardest part when it comes to self-love, it's that staying on the path of saying, I'm going to learn to love myself unconditionally is the hardest part. You know, when we are embracing sacred self-love and the true challenge is that there's an unwavering commitment to the path of saying, I'm going to learn to love myself over and over and over again. It's a lifelong endeavor that requires resilience, compassion, and a belief in your own worthiness. And this eight-week course is designed to help you come home to you, for you to find that well of love, of endless love for yourself within you. You have all the wisdom that you need already within you. And so during these eight weeks, you're going to learn about what I've been calling my four R's. It's all about reclamation, remembrance, a reawakening, and the best part, in my opinion, the rituals. What are different things that you can use to come home to you? Whether it be creating a sacred space within your own home, carving out time to say this is for me and I'm going to do this unapologetically. I don't have to feel bad for taking time for myself. So the eight-week journey is going to happen online at your own pace. There are three live Zooms. The best part about it is that you're going to be immersed in community. So everyone who joins is going to be a part of this community. Everyone who signs up is going to be assigned an accountability partner. And everyone who joins before the early bird special is over is going to get some really great freebies. And so 
There are three spots left for the super special freebies. So you can head over to lunaserenity.com, head under offerings, and you can read all about them. But for anyone, like if you're not one of those three, don't worry. Anyone who does sign up during the early bird time frame. So anyone who signs up, as long as you sign, you're not, maybe you're not one of the three, right? The next three people, but you still sign up before September 10th, which is when the early bird ends. You're still going to get access to a three-day self-love challenge, which has not been released yet. And when I do release it, it will be paid, but you get that included in this early bird access. Plus later this year, I'm going to be releasing a Luna Serenity membership online. And so you're going to get complimentary access for one whole year. So don't sleep on this. If you are at all interested, but have questions, reach out let me know. I cannot wait to meet you inside the course. All right. On this week's episode, I welcome on Deanna Houston. She is co-owner of Clarksburg Yoga. She's an amazing mother to three boys, two twins, and she and I connected a couple years ago during the pandemic. I was hosting online prenatal classes. The group was called Luna Mamas, and that group of women that came together I needed them probably more than they even realized. We would come together every Sunday morning. We would practice yoga. We would share what was on our hearts and on our minds. And, you know, everyone had their own experience during the pandemic, but being pregnant added a whole different layer. And Deanna's presence, along with the other mothers that were in that group, really gave me the life and the light that I needed to make it through that pregnancy with all of the craziness that was going on in the world. They were part of the reason why I felt connected and I felt like I could be in community. Even though it was over Zoom, it gave me what I needed and so much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'll catch you on the other side. I am welcoming on Deanna Houston to the Vibrational Shift podcast today. Deanna and I, 2020, uh, we were both pregnant around the same time. I was hosting a prenatal group called the Luna Mamas, and she registered, and we realized we had some shared connections. We've been following each other um, on Instagram for a while, and then she brought her lovely light into the group, and I found out she was also a yoga teacher, and She is co-owner of Clarksburg Yoga, and we actually interviewed and did an episode with Ariana just a few weeks ago, and so this is the other co-owner, Deanna. Welcome on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Deanna, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I guess I'll begin with, yes, I am the co-owner of Clarksburg Yoga, And in addition to that hat, I am a mother. I have three boys. I have twins that are four and then a two-year-old. I'm a wife. I also have a full-time job in addition to all of that. Um, I would say, though, that my heart work, though, mainly is in supporting women. So specifically in a yogic, yes, capacity, but then also bringing women to this healing journey in terms 
internally. I love providing all of these tools to people so that they can then be, if you will, on their own, but not having to need the support of other people. So specifically, I do support during fertility challenges mainly, and then during pregnancy and postpartum. And then beyond that, because it still continues, even after our bodies have changed after postpartum, we're in motherhood and we're still at times struggling and needing support and needing community. And so those are the areas in which I my heart work is and where I feel very called to support other people. Deanna and Ariana were hosting a beautiful women's retreat a couple of months ago, and I had the opportunity to be the sound healing practitioner for that. So um, hearing you talk about your heart work, and I think about the spaces that you curate, and that space in particular was like this magical place in the middle of a bamboo forest. It was so beautiful. And to hear hear you say right now what your heart work is really did I I felt it through that memory of knowing what you were trying to create and especially with your work around not only the journey to motherhood with folks that are um, encountering difficulties or are on a fertility journey and then even the prenatal work that you do Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation because I think there are so many experiences personally that I know that you and I have talked about before in the past. Um, So I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. When we think about vibrational shifts in our life and with other guests that I've had on, I always like to talk through what are the instances in your life where you knew that something needed to change, where you were um, having to lean into different tools to kind of help you move through that. What were some like, and what were the indicators that you knew that something needed to change? I'm wondering for you, Deanna, like what is one of those life experiences that comes to mind for you? I think I can choose two. I would say that there's probably a more pivotal moment in my life. And I'll begin with that one. That was when I was trying to conceive for four years. I uh, can feel that I'm already getting emotional. Um, fertility is grief. And so I think a lot of people don't realize, I think when we think about grief, a lot of people think like, all right, that's just a passing of a person. It's not necessarily experiences or things that we're going through. And for four years, pretty much every single month, I mean, we took breaks because it was too much on both of us, but for, a better part of four years, I was grieving and going through this very challenging time period. And as I was going through it, I was, you know, my goal, of course, I like use the word goal because I I was really looking at getting pregnant as this like controlled thing to do. Like I want to get pregnant, therefore I will get pregnant. Like looking at the goal, And as these four years were going along, I realized that what I was doing was also gathering all of these tools for now where I am, for being a mother, for moving through the pregnancy, for giving birth to twins. And then naturally I gave birth in my home with the third one. And so all of these tools that I gathered during that fertility journey helped me to where I am. And so specifically some of the tools I started working with 
a therapist and we did what was called somatic experiencing. And so I didn't do talk therapy. It was a therapy in which that actually you bring a lot of your awareness inside of your body. And that to me is just, I think the ultimate goal of life. That feels like such a strong thing to say <laughs> that like, if I could name one thing, but to me, I really do feel like being present is one of the main goals of our life. And I think that everything like feeds into that, but somatic experiencing, yeah, the point of it really brought me into my body. A lot of the things that I was able to release and let go was coming from feeling tension and pain. And then we would work through that and get that out. Um, I think other, like really going into a deep yoga and meditation practice I found was helpful. And again, that's another going, turning more inward, gathering information from sitting in silence and sitting in stillness. I think we live in such a society of just busyness and quickness that uh, we don't take a lot of these times to really turn inward and then reach these answers ourselves. I think there's a lot of beautiful wisdom inside of all of us that we miss or we rely on other people. So that was a huge pivotal moment. During that four years, I was just spending the time of gathering these coping mechanisms and tools that have actually helped support me to this day. And then I think the other pivotal moment that I would like to mention is then, um, it was during 2020 and I was, I'm an empath and I'm also really sensitive to all energy around me, not just other people's energy. I can see energy. I can feel it. I can, I have visualizations about it. I can hear connections from different types of energy. And so during 2020, I was really in this place of feeling stuck that I was like, all I can see is dark energy. And I can just feel that there are ghosts around me. I can feel that there's just darkness around me all the time. And I lived in a place of fear a lot. And I actually, the old owner of Clarksburg Yoga, there was a teacher list and I saw that there was this teacher there, her name's Tiffany. And I knew that I had to, to reach out to her. And when I reached out to her, I saw that she was an evidential medium and that she helped people. And for some reason, I knew that she was the person that I needed to connect with. Uh, and she taught me a lot. She taught me a lot of protecting my energy field. She taught me a lot of bringing in more more of light and connecting in that manner. And then I, and then from there, I started working with other teachers who helped support me as well of helping to clear my own energy field and then helping other people doing it. So it's this kind of this balance of these two pivotal moments of like, for me, the one is like, first one was like this physical release, this trauma. And then the other side was this energetic moment. So these two together really kind of brought me to who I am today and what I practice today because of those moments? So many things in everything you just said, right? So from the fertility shift of seeking support through somatic experiencing, experiencing, and then being able to have that physical release of trauma. And you kind of went over this really quickly, but you had a home birth during the height of the pandemic. And you and I both 
um, did home births. And I remember being able to share my experience with you was also, there was something in those virtual prenatal classes that we were doing, that sense of community was a huge support for me. And so um, I know you mentioned your home birth right now. We can chat more about that if you'd like. I know I always love to talk about it because I think um, I never would, I didn't go into that pregnancy thinking I was going to do a home birth, but because of the energy of everything around us, right? Like the email communications we were getting from our I don't know. I don't remember if you were home birth all along, but I know for me, I initially started off with a midwife practice um, that was going to be delivering in hospital. And I ended up switching at 32 weeks. because so I was like, I, I know that the energy there is going to deeply affect me. The fear is going to hit me when I walk through the hospital doors, going through the COVID testing and worrying like, all right, if I test positive, then what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. All of the different things that, you know, run through your mind. And then the last thing that you mentioned with being able to see the energy and what a heavy time that was, right? And so I'm so glad that you were able to find Tiffany, find that person that was going to help give you like the foundation and the framework for you to start working with energy in a different way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but hearing you talk about it, like that's what I see and I felt as you were talking right now, it was like, it gave you like that framework in order to be able to work with that. Um, so where do we want to dig in? You want to talk a little bit about your home birth? Oh, I love home birth talks. So yeah, we could definitely do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So starting, it's funny. I definitely did not start off thinking home birth either. I remember when I was doing prenatal teacher training. So that was right after the twins. And I was actually still pumping as I was in that class. And I remember that they started talking about home births in our prenatal teacher training. And I was like, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know. Love that for people. I don't know about that for me. Um, But we watched a video, the business of birth in our prenatal yoga and I then started becoming a little bit more open-minded to this idea of having a home birth. And I will say that I think the real, the real reason when I became pregnant, so we struggled for four years, we did IVF, I put two embryos in, they both worked. That's how we got the twins. But then the second pregnancy, my third child was completely natural. So, I mean, that happens all of the time. But so I realized though, that the first birth, I had some traumatic events in there. And I also felt like there were moments where I probably had way more options that people were not giving to me. I didn't even know it until really after the birth that I was like, they did some stuff without asking my permission. That shouldn't have happened like that. So then, yeah, during this last pregnancy, I knew I wanted something different and my ultimate goal was to feel safe. So I knew that if I wanted to feel safe, I had to do it at home. That's where I was going to feel the most protected. Felt like people would actually acknowledge any trauma that I went through during that time. They would ask permissions. Even if they touched my arm, they would ask my permission, which can people who have gone through trauma, that can be startling people coming behind them or telling them how to breathe. And with everything that I went through, I need to be one to come in here and shift it and say, no, breathe this way, do this. So I, yeah, so that's why I actually ended up choosing home birth. And it was such a beautiful experience. You, I remember actually our talk together 
I was standing on my back deck and I remember you were telling your birthing story and I was like, all right, I'm even more now into the birth. <laughs> like, cause it's scary to have a home birth. Like, you don't know what is it really like to not have the option of medication. That's, that's scary. So you mentioned the permission piece, right? And that's something that it wasn't until I was about to have Sage, my youngest, that I also had a very similar, I watched, um, I watched Violet's birthing video and I hadn't watched it ever, or at least I couldn't remember watching it. And I, I, I was a little bit thrown because I had my eyes closed. I did hypnobirthing with Violet. She was born in the hospital. And when I watched that video, I saw how they, they yanked her out basically. And I remember feeling pressure and you hear me yell in the video, but I remember, you know, telling them I didn't want that kind of assistance and there was no need for them to do that. And so hearing you say, like, I didn't ask for, you know, there were things that, that happened that you didn't ask for. And even when I um, had Violet, I had told him I didn't want any interventions and I had labored for a very long time and they had already come in and told me, you know, you're going to have to leave if you don't progress. And what that did to me mentally was like, I got to hurry up and do this. I'm on their timeline. Like they're going to kick me out. Like in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Right. And so after being there for, I don't know, nine or 10 hours, they were like, all right, we're going to break, um, break your water. And, or I don't remember what they called it, but they, they were going to break my water. And when they were done with that, you know, the water broke, but then I felt this really like intense pressure. And I asked them what they were doing. And she was like, oh, we're sweeping your membranes. I was like, I didn't say yes to mm -hmm. that. So like little things like that, where it's, they just do without asking. And so as you were saying that, that's what it reminded me of. And knowing that I'm thinking about like the shift that happened when I was about to give birth to Sage was I started to think about all of these little things that had happened while I was in the hospital. And it kind of led me to that place of saying, you know what, I am going to try and do this at home. And I had a doula who showed me her birth videos and had a very similar conversation, like the one that you and I had that like gave me the confidence that I could do that. Because in the back of your mind, you are for me, at least I was worried, like, what if I can't handle it? I've did it. I had already had, um, it was a medication free birth being at home. There is something that kind of is in your mind. Like, what if I can't, but then I had, I had worked with my midwife and the birthing assistant to like feel really comfortable with the different birthing plans that were on the table, like the a, B and C of if this goes wrong, then this is what we're doing. And that really put me to rest. Like that put my mind at ease. I looked at the videos and the pictures recently and could not believe like the environment and the ambiance that I was able to create. And I don't know if you had this experience too. I remember talking to you before you were going to do yours. I was like, oh, that sounds so beautiful. Like how you had energetically cleared your house and all the preparation that you were getting to do. And it really did, when I think about what you shared with me, and then when I think about my experience being able to birth at home on my terms, it was like night and day compared to the first birth that I had. Um, and even thinking about like golden hour, like that first hour after baby was born, Sage was born like 5, 24 AM. And so the sun was getting ready to come up. So when golden hour hit, it really was like the light floods, this particular room that I had her in. 
it was, it was just such a beautiful experience. And I was so happy that I had had that change of heart that I believed in myself that I could do it. And I think a big part of that was also having community and that Luna Mama's group was my community. Like, I think I, I taught up until a couple of days before I gave birth. Like, I, I think the last time I taught was like a September 29th. And then I gave birth a couple of days later. So, um, I really do credit you guys for giving me what I needed from a community standpoint. And yeah, so I wanted to touch on the home birth piece. So thank you for sharing that. Um, because I think I remember hearing you tell me like how you were preparing for your home birth. And it was just such so beautiful, like from the space that you were curating. I think this is like how this topic keeps coming up actually of just this idea of preparing physically you know so I had all this stuff I had affirmation cards it's funny because my home birth was three hours so I like all this physical stuff didn't matter in the end there's one point even during the birth I looked at my doula and started laughing I was like I have all this stuff I'm not even using any of it because it was just progressing so quickly because I was so I felt so safe and comfortable in my home but yeah then the whole other key piece is that my house was cleared you know all of us our homes the most obvious types of energy is yeah ghosts could enter your house but then also thinking about like when people come into your house they bring their stuff <laughs> they leave their energetic imprints in your home uh when you maybe not all of us do this but we all some of us do fight with our spouses you know let's call it out we all do it but like that energy right there around your kitchen table when you're yelling at your spouse that gets trapped in your house too and so I just wanted just this entirely beautiful protected space of like my house was cleared everything was just like I don't want to say perfect energy because that feels a little impossible but we did the best we all could to creating this space that was safe emotionally, physically, and then also energetically. I really do think when we take the time to clear that space, you can feel the difference, especially if you're as sensitive to it as you are, as you were sharing with us. So think about, for me, hearing you say that, I then think about like, you know, when you go into the hospital or at least my experiences, whenever I go into oh. the hospital, that heavy feeling of like dread, like I don't want to be there. And I kept thinking about that during you add the layer on top of it, of the timing of when you and I gave birth, like it just was so heavy. Um, is all I kept thinking to myself, like, this is going to feel so heavy and being able to, I, I remember the first appointment when I switched care, when I went from the midwife practice that I was at to um, a, a midwife that was going to do a home birth for me, the first appointment was in my home. And Violet, my daughter, got to find the heartbeat of the baby. And she hadn't been able to go to a single appointment because of all of the restrictions that were in place. And I knew in that moment, I was like, this was the perfect decision. This is going to be a beautiful experience considering all the heaviness that I had carried into that pregnancy of just grieving, especially because you mentioned the grief that you were going through with fertility. I think about that pregnancy and there were a lot of things that I grieved because I didn't get to do in community. Right. Um, I know everyone's experience was different, but for me, you know, I was, I was very anxious during that time and I didn't have a baby shower. We had a drive-by baby shower, um, where people could drive by. Yeah. And they could say hello. And, um, I had, you know, I had had my daughter 
several years before that. So I kept comparing it. And that was really hard too, because I kept thinking about like all the things I didn't get to do during this pregnancy because of what was going on in the world. And so there was a bit of grief there. And it took me a while to kind of get over that, like to really allow myself to sit with that grief. I think it took me a while to to come to terms with it because I wasn't calling it what it was. And even hearing you start off this episode with talking about fertility and the grieving process that you were going through, it can be really hard when we don't have the words for what it is that's actually happening. And I think also we don't sometimes properly maybe name grief, but then also as a society, I don't think we have a lot of skills or people talk a lot about grief. It's like, all right, just get over it. You know, it's a process. And of course, the loss of a someone is could be potentially tragic if that's how it happened. But there seems to be a little bit more support in that verse than, yeah, like a fertility or, yeah, you were grieving the loss of options, you know? I mean, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot that comes in motherhood too. This Sometimes there's parts of our lives that we miss that we don't do anymore. Like, okay, we can all call out. We like love our children and we love the experiences, but like, I loved sitting on the couch on a Sunday doing nothing. I grieve to not like having to be running around. I just, that's like the one thing I miss about. I'm like, I don't need to be like out at the bar. I don't care about that anymore. But like, I just want to sit on the couch for Sunday on a Sunday for eight hours. Like, but yeah, there's these losses during motherhood that happens often that we don't sometimes know what's happening. And even like, when you become a mom for the second time, it's like, well, that time period with your first one or me, you know, for me, the twins were like my little buddies. That wasn't going to be like that anymore. I was introducing a new person into this family and there's a little bit of grief with that too. Yeah. I mean, grief can surround motherhood quite often that we may not necessarily acknowledge and try to push through it, but course it's always better out than in we just sometimes don't know when we're grieving I think that's a beautiful way to kind of encapsulate all of the different ways right especially if you are starting off from a fertility journey where there are things that you're already grieving in that process and then all the changes that motherhood then brings right the different parts of yourself that you're grieving that are no longer there maybe it's the actual physical body or maybe they're the different things that you called out and so I'm curious with the grief that you've had to kind of sit with in the different points in your life, what has been, would you say that all of the different tools that you mentioned earlier were part of how you've kind of learned to sit with those different parts of grief throughout motherhood? Yeah. I think that also comes to feeling it inside the body and slowing down because then that will provide the opportunity to actually process it. I've had two actually even significant passings people passing away in my life and very recently and being able to even work through that I had to kind of sit in silence and referring then to motherhood I think that's what we have to do sometimes we have to be like all right something feels uncomfortable or maybe I'm getting really irritated with my children we all have these signs, these signs that like something's not going well. Some people it's like anxious. You overlook at your phone. You try to numb yourself. What a, insert, we all have our automatic behaviors here. And so when that happens, that's always a great sign that, okay, something needs to change. And 
a lot of times then coming into this silent place and slowing down what what does that look like that look like different for other everyone maybe it's just like tuning into your body your body i just right now i'm holding pain in my shoulder i need to sit with that a little bit more because my body's physically telling me there is something i need to address and so yeah i think that's another thing too is that we may not always know the answer right away but the more that we sit in these moments of stillness and silence the answers can come out. And, and if we can't do it, this is when we then start to call upon other people to help us because we going back to what you're saying about the yoga class, like we need community in that manner too. And we cannot, I was going to almost say, sometimes we can't do it alone, but we cannot do it alone. And these are the moments. I mean, I still have a team. I have all these great skills. I still have a therapist. I have energy teachers that I work with. I have an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, and they're kind of as needed. So it's like when I need some of this stuff, I will call upon someone. If I'm not doing well and I can't bring myself out of it, that's when I'm just like, all right, who's the team member that feels the most supportive? And maybe it's even just a girlfriend or I like this podcast. I love this stuff. This stuff fills me up too. So even just doing this, these connections and these talks, as mothers, we don't have a lot of time. So like, I want deep talks, you know? So this too is filling me up. I'm going to leave here feeling really good from this conversation. I love talking to you. Oh, thank you. And I love talking to you. And one of the things that I want to name, because you touched on it, but the fact that we do have the ability to call in different people to help us and support us when we're in those moments of need, but for even for the people who don't have access that aren't able to have an acupuncturist or don't have the ability to have a chiropractor, all of these other things that require a certain level of access. Even what you just named though, having the people that you can confide in that can be a container for you to allow yourself to open up and to share and to move through that energy. It is wonderful and it is absolutely beautiful when you have the ability to have access to those things, but sometimes you don't. And sometimes it is just, like you said, a girlfriend or a friend or someone that is a trusted person that you can confide in. So I just wanted to name that because I think as you were talking, it was like, yes, yes, yes. But then there are those people who don't have access and or don't even know that those things exist or have the resources to do that. So um Finding the people that can fill you up, like you were saying, we'll both leave from this conversation feeling a little bit more full because as mothers, time is limited and we're both like waiting for our kids to come barreling through the doors right now as we're recording this. So, <laughs> so Deanna, how can people find you? The first place probably to find me would be at my website, DeannaHouston.com. Then I'm on social media as well. On Instagram and Facebook, it's at Deanna Houston Yoga. And then also you can find me always through Clarksburg Yoga. I'm always answering emails or attached to that website as well. So anything associated with Clarksburg Yoga. And then my offerings are, as we talked about, just supporting women during different phases. So I do private lessons for fertility clients. I offer a weekly prenatal class, which is online, so accessible for wherever you're located. Postnatal, I also offer that quarterly online, and there are these on-demand videos that are included with that. So we'll have some live classes, and then you can be out on your own. And then in addition, I also offer clearing, so of your own energy space. So that could be your own energy field, as well as your home as well. And then 
with Clarksburg yoga, my, I always bring my heart work in there. So we do women's circles in the Germantown Clarksburg area, as well as women's retreats. We try to do those twice a year. You have the mic to take us through a practice. All right. So this one is going to be, especially for my empath friends, this will be protecting and supporting our energy field. Opportunities when we could do this would be in the morning when we start our day. If you're about to go into a space with a lot of people, even into a store, I went to Target last night, that would have been a nice time to do it. So anytime we are potentially around a lot of people or we feel like our energy field need a little bit of protection. So taking either a comfortable seated position or even lying down, whatever feels the most comfortable. This won't be very, very long. Even if you are seated, maybe potentially sitting on a chair or up against a wall. And then as you start to settle into the position that you have chose, making any final adjustments so that you are extremely comfortable bringing integrity into the body, alignment into the spine, but not feeling jid and like you're working. As we first begin, starting to feel the foundation in which supports you. If you're seated, maybe it's the floor. If you're in a chair, perhaps it's behind your back, underneath your seat. Feeling this connection with your body to that surface below you. That surface that is steady and solid. Unwavering. those senses of stability, stableness. And I'm getting to get a sense of your physical body. For each of this, this may look different. Maybe we're just noticing that our hands are resting somewhere We're feeling the temperature of the room in which we're located. Maybe there's even some smells. There's some sounds that we can hear near us or off in the distance. And then beginning to draw that awareness a little bit more inward, noticing how you're physically feeling in this moment. How's your heart rate? What's your breath doing? How long is it? How spacious is it? Where does it stop? Where does it change from inhale to exhale?
Are there points of tension in the body? Points of gripping? Points of fluidity, openness? And now we need to get a sense of your energetic body. This is your aura. You imagine like you're an egg and the yolk is your physical body. The white portion of the egg is your aura. For each of us, we are in a different stage of tapping into this. Maybe you know exactly how large or small your aura is. Maybe you get senses as in your auric field, if there's anywhere that potentially feels stagnant. And try to stay away from this being bad or good or aura. And visualizations are very powerful. Even if you don't necessarily know it, just starting to then bring in the visualization of your auric field, this energetic field outside your physical body. Setting the intention that any rips or tears are now healed, sealed. And then outside of our energetic body, we're gonna put three bubbles. The first one will be a bubble of the color blue. And so however you're visualizing that, that is absolutely perfect. This blue bubble outside your energy field is for protection, keeping you safe, pure. This is your energy. You will not pick up what is not yours. Outside that bubble will then be a yellow one, golden colored. For definitive wisdom and answers. You will travel throughout your day, being able to tap into your intuition. Just knowing what you need to do. This golden bubble helps you find clarity. Side of that bubble is unconditional love, the color pink. 
Unconditional love for ourselves. Unconditional love for those we may interact with today. Those who may even enter our minds. A deep sense of unconditional love for everyone and everything around us. Trusting that you are protected. Trusting that the answers that will come forward and how you will move throughout your day will be clear. Tapping into unconditional love. From your crown chakra, then beginning to see it open. And this beautiful channel of light will begin to connect your crown chakra, your entire system, up to source. For each of us, our definition of source may be different. Maybe it's just a light you see. Maybe you connect to God or a higher power. Maybe it's the universe or nature. Trusting that you are connected to this higher power. And then beginning to invite in the wisdom of your guides. Each of us has a team of spiritual support. Some of us may know their names or what they look like. For some of us, this might be a new topic. Invite in your guides, angelic realms, deities, gurus. Maybe you name them, or maybe you just generally bring them all in. Trusting that they are with you and that they will support you throughout your day, throughout your next moments. And then we'll take another moment of just silence and sitting in this space, maybe connecting back to the energy field, any of these visualizations or maybe even coming back into the physical body.
And then before we conclude, taking another moment to connect to the stability below you. Maybe it's even just connecting to Mother Earth. Regrounding. Bring your hands to Anjali Mudra in front of your heart center, the prayer position. Before we conclude, tapping into the space behind your hands, your heart chakra, your heart center is located here. As you connect here, sending yourself a message of love, of gratitude, acknowledgement, maybe even creating an affirmation for your day. Or you could even just say, I love you, and then inserting your name. With the deepest heart of gratitude. Thank you for practicing with me. Namaste. Thank you so much for that lovely practice, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. That brings an end to season two. I cannot believe how fast it went by and I am actually pretty proud of myself. I'm going to say it. I am proud of myself because an episode released every single week and I stuck to the schedule and so I cannot wait to bring you season three with an amazing lineup of guests that are going to be on here. Make sure to reach out to me on social media. If you feel called, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to follow this podcast. I would love it if you also stopped by and said hello. I'm at Luna Serenity Yoga over on IG and on Facebook. And you can find me at lunaserenity.com. See you for season three.